0: Hello! Hi! Hi! Okay, so welcome to our podcast, our episode number five, and we are really pleased and welcome, love to welcome um, our sports psychologist, Sagan, who is going to talk to us all about um, what is sports psychology, how it can help us in our everyday life as athletes, but also just people that regularly exercise and maybe can't necessarily cope with stresses or nerves etc on race days or events um so big big welcome thank you for joining us. Hiya
1: thank you for having me I'm excited to be here. Our pleasure
0: um can you just give us a little bit of information about what sports psychology is and if it's completely different say to like therapy or
1: counseling yeah so yeah so sport psychology is I mean for definitions the scientific study of the link between physical and psychological factors affecting performance in competitive sport obviously there's sport and exercise I focus more on sports psychology um but there was exercise psychology obviously very same but just for um exercise not specific sports um but in terms of is it it's not exactly the same but they don't differ in many so therapy is obviously um what i do is essentially it's the same as what you do with the therapist in the sense that we talk through problems we start with initial consultation figuring out what the underlying problem is or what is happening with the athlete at that time oh i've got a mind block i can't jump okay let's backtrack what's happened so it's the same as therapy in the sense that we talk through beliefs um, and feelings to res- and find out strategies to um, address these um, but it differs in the sense that therapy is obviously very it's for anything anything in anything in your life whereas what I focus on is any factors any psychological factors or physical factors that affect your sport athlete sports performance in particular but yeah there's definitely an overlap
0: yeah yeah that's that's really interesting so would you encourage all athletes to consider
1: working with a sports psychologist 100% I think I think for all athletes I mean like I've I would I think a holistic approach to your athletic career would is the best thing you can do and when I say that I mean having a sports psychologist on board obviously a physio um, a nutritionist your coach all of these things just to give you every all the little things that you need to be a well-rounded athlete. Obviously I know that that is, there's not enough time in the day. There's not enough money. Um, but yeah, I would definitely advise not even just for people to see a sports psychologist, but if it was more easily accessible, I think everyone should be see a therapist at some point, um, in their life. But yeah, I think for athletes, a sports psychologist is definitely something, not even an ongoing thing, but just at some point in your career to see a sports psychologist, um, know what it's about, get some strategies, and know that it's available if you need it.
0: Yeah. I mm-hmm. I mean, we touched about on this off-air, but um, yeah. just to give people a little bit of information about why I'm so interested in it is that um, I've always been sporty and I was, you know, a good swimmer when I was younger and an international runner as well. And, um, and then in 2010, I became seriously ill and um, had Graves' disease and had two strokes and I was still really really fit but I had two strokes and then I was left unable to talk and I was at rock bottom and my because sport had always been part of my life and so mm-hmm. there was a there was a real chance then that I wouldn't ever be working in sport and I wouldn't ever be taking part in sport and I actually lost myself I didn't really know how to. be me you know i'd completely lost my identity and um Mm. so i set a goal and i set a goal to to, a to learn to speak again and also to take up a new sport and then i wanted to compete it was Mm. a only age groups but um Mm. i wanted to compete and get a gb vest and so i i got i got it and i got selected and i went to the europeans and the worlds and everything but i remember just before i was going to go Um, so the Europeans were in Germany and the worlds were in Canada. I did Mm -hmm. go and see a sports psychologist because I felt so much pressure to finish the story on a high. You know, I'd been through all of these things and Mm. turned everything around, and I felt like the story had to finish on a high, and so I had to go and well I just put myself under so much pressure to let everybody I didn't want to let anyone down and in the end Mm -hmm. I felt like I wasn't going to compete for me Mm. I was doing it for everybody else and no one else made me feel that but it was massively how I felt and I went to see him and he it was it was life-changing it really really was and I do not believe well I do believe if I had gone without seeing him I would not have won the medals that I won because Mm -hmm. I went and I went on that start line and I was competing for me and I really enjoyed it and before I saw him I was not doing it for me you know I wouldn't have gone to that those races Mm -hmm. without that massive massive pressure and then I wouldn't have performed I'm sure yeah which no you're doing
1: it for everyone but you
0: yeah and is that is that something you see sometimes with you know that are there sort of people that come to you with they feel so much pressure from family or or they don't want to let people down because I guess you know especially any sport it's not cheap you know Mm -hmm. and (laughs) sometimes along the way either you or your parents have made sacrifices for you to become mm-hmm. that athlete and yeah. then you feel that you owe them and you know and you don't want to let anybody anybody down is that something you see sometimes with people
1: I see it I see it a lot so I work obviously we've spoken about it, but I work at the moment primarily with figure skaters uh, but I'm I love to work with different individual sports and any sport um, but yeah I work primarily with figure skaters and I see it a lot the fear of failure, people-pleasing tendencies, um, and it, yeah, it, it happens even with, with myself, to be honest. Um, growing up, like, I, my, it, my mum's a single mum, so she put everything and, every, and anything and everything into my skating, like, trainings for, I skated, um, and I had training at, like, 6am before school, go back after school kind of thing, um, and I did, and I realised I was doing it for her, so I inadvertently I did stop competing because it's a big thing so when I look at it from that so in that perspective it's different types of motivation yeah Um, so there's extrinsic and intrinsic motivation yeah so extrinsic is external factors so people competing doing a sport for external rewards for wanting to see other people happy for money for to avoid punishment things like that oh there's intrinsic um motivation which is I do this because I love it I do it because I want to do it not because I'm going to get this reward or I'm going to avoid this punishment so there's those two types of motivation and I would say extrinsic the being affected uh, motivated by external factors is is very um prevalent in like it's a very prevalent thing a lot of people are extrinsically motivated by um not not that they do it intentionally like I'm only doing the sport because I want money but but they just automatically are like okay I need to do this because I want to get this reward and then I can do this rather than I do this sport because it makes me happy because then they lose that element of it makes Mm -hmm. me happy and extrinsic motivation works for the short term but for adherence to exercise in the long term and enjoyment it's it's not that we want to try I try and move my athletes away from being extrinsically motivated to more of a I do this because I love it I want to become Motivate from within myself, not for other people. And obviously, it is easier said than done, 100. percent But it's yeah, it's definitely doable.
0: But that's the same then for your general person, isn't it? That maybe yeah. you know on our online program, mm-hmm. I've just done a talk this week about yeah. not setting a goal or a New Year resolution just mm-hmm. for January because yeah. you know there is no point saying I'm going to do eight classes every week because you're setting yourself up to fail because you know that mm-hmm. realistically that's not going to happen. And also if you're exactly. not actually going to sustain that in February, March, April, mm-hmm. what is the point? It's better to what, yeah. make a realistic goal and then and enjoy it, really mm-hmm. enjoy it and do it for you. Not because, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people jump on and I'm going to lose weight because mm-hmm about self-loathing you know it's it's and and we we spoke about this off air as well a little bit about um social media influencing that as well and and how people should feel how they should look and and then you're
1: not doing it for you are you it's the same yeah no no you're not you're doing it for everyone else and it's just you're doing it to either look at like present an image yeah see I as like uh, social media is, is great obviously in, in the sense that if we didn't have it COVID would have been like lockdown would have it, it would have been like Zoom and things like that it would have yes. been completely different but then again it's a double-edged sport a double-edged sword because I feel like in the long term it does more harm than good um uh it obviously depends on how you use it but most ath- most athletes use it as a comparison site this is literally okay this person is at my level or they can be at my competition or they were in my class. If they were in a class with you. Um, and I saw them do this. Let me look at them on whatever social media. Oh, they've got this. Let me just nitpick and pick myself apart, which at the end of the day, whatever I can only, we can only do the same with you, with your job. We can only do as much as we can do. You have to want it for you. Um, yeah. And most people are like, "Well, no, I'm just going to keep looking on Instagram and keep, like, making myself feel this way rather than doing something constructive about it." So I think with motivating yourself, like the top tips that I would have, goal setting, like you said, as 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 simple as it sounds, is honestly the biggest, the biggest deter like, factor that would determine your confidence and your motivation. If you don't have any goals in place, I can not that I can guarantee you, but a few months maybe a year down the line you're not going to let, let, let you might do it still but like I said to you off air I want my clients to enjoy what they do I obviously I do care if you I do care they, for them to do well and get the things that they want to get called or the points that they want to get called but in the, the big picture I want you to enjoy it because getting the scores does not lead to adherence to the sport and enjoyment it's it, it leads to getting up some levels but it, that at a loss of your mental health, I think is is not worth it. So I think athletes. I think it's nice that like as times going on and like like I said like with like mental health being more of a talked about subject and like some example like Simone Biles dropping out of the Olympics for that day, though, things like that have shown athletes. Do you know what? It's 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 okay, but the stigma is still there. Yeah, but I think getting them to understand. I think slowly people are understanding it is more of a mental, not more of a mental game. In my opinion this is not fact anyone can call me up on this but for me I think yes you can do all the physical stuff but if you cannot get your head if you do not feel confident if you're not motivated if you cannot control your stress and your anxiety then how far can you really make it and these are things I love the one thing about I love about my job is that the things that you I would teach you for sport like you said it's transferable it's all like all of the things that you do that i would do with my clients are things that they can apply to other parts of their life yeah and it just helps with growth overall like um so yeah and i think goal setting but yeah like you said with goal setting not just setting a goal for january um do short medium long-term goals that they obviously you can go for short short short-term goals like up to two months medium six to a year and long maybe two years but you also don't have to you can make it your own like I like my job because it's not a there's a there's a rough skeleton of what I need to do but obviously it's not one size fits all type thing so however long your season is or your cycle or olympic like or your next championships make it work for you and set some goals and don't only have like okay this is what this is my goal so have a so there's a there's four types of goals that that are generally talked about in the literature so there's a dream goal which is your ultimate ambition or target. Like, I want to be in the Olympics. That's the goal. Um, And then there's your outcome goal, which literally just, as it says on the tin, this is what I want to achieve. And then the performance, there's a performance goal, which um, is linked to the performance measure. So I want to get this score. So say, I want to get the score. I want to run this distance in this time. And then the process goal is focused on what little steps am I going to take to achieve the outcome goal? achieve all of the goals the process goals are all the little things so do a big goal for like okay this is january this is what i want to achieve by the end of january in this week's training session i need to be getting this in this time and gradually don't make it make it obviously in all of this it's all about keeping it realistic so i know i was kind of um so keeping the smart acronym in mind when you are making goals specificity Make it, making sure it's measurable, attainable, it's realistic, and it's timely. Setting time, like we spoke both out off there. Loads of people set goals, but they don't have time limits on them. I want to do this, maybe in one year, maybe in a month, maybe in three years. Nobody knows. But putting that that time on there, it doesn't mean that if you don't achieve it by that time that you it's rubbish. It means okay, was it realistic? Reevaluate them. the got this, and people forget they set goals, they achieve them, and that's it come back to them reevaluate them change them obviously you're going to grow that's the point and the point and we want to keep you motivated so keep changing them so you've got new things to work towards there's nothing worse than going to uh, like I'm trying to get back into skating now but I don't have a routine I don't obviously I don't skate so I'm on the ice and I'm like okay I'm on the ice but what do I actually need to do like what do I want to be doing on the ice I'm I'm on the, even I need to do this like just like I like I'm saying to you guys I need to set some goals because I want to start skating again. that's just an example um and I think with the goal setting process it's not about um the athlete doing this on the, on their own like with coaches I, for me I think goal setting should be a collaborative process if it can be coaches and skater coaches and athlete uh, personal trainer and athlete everyone sit down together and say this is what we want to achieve by the end of the year. This is how we're going to do it. Having everyone on the same path, just like I think a lot of people, obviously, a coach is. The older you get, obviously, this is not necessarily when you're younger, but the older you get, the more range you take in your sport, in whatever it is you do, and by increasing an athlete's autonomy in the like, in that decision-making process they feel like they're more part of it so that they they feel like this is my journey and they they know it's theirs to take charge of rather than this is the, the coach tells me to do this I'm going to do this and I'm going to get off and then that's it type thing yeah and then I feel like sorry just two quick points yeah that's <laughs> um, brilliant I in terms of like keeping yourself motivated as well whether it be in any sport I think remembering not to overtrain specific elements or skills that are not necessarily not that they don't work in general but it's just an off day knowing to know your limits basically like set cap at um say if you're learning something harder and you know that obviously it's either going to hurt quite a lot to fall on it or it just every time you do it you get really frustrated cap it say I'm only going to do five of these Mm. and then that's it it doesn't matter how they go I do five and that's it I can't because over having sessions that overshadowed with just negativity um is not is not key so keep it that's what keeping training fun as well like making sure to incorporate fun lessons when you can or train aspects of your sport maybe in different sports or situations um like for me for ice skating i like doing dance just going off ice and doing maybe some lyrical dance or doing some gymnastics like just focusing on other components in different settings just because it can get a lot especially at an elite level yeah so yeah, remembering to enjoy it is definitely key.
0: And so I remember when I was younger, when mm-hmm. I was competing, I, I am very fortunate, I guess, that when I go to compete, I, mm. I do absolutely love it. And yeah. I always did when I was younger and I still do now. And I definitely sort of thrive a little bit under that pressure. You know, but mm-hmm. I do have a routine, my warm-up routine. I yeah. I have a mindset and visualization things that I do. I have mm-hmm. you know my box of things yes. that work for me. But I do know over the years I've seen people that have maybe trained better than me, you know, mm-hmm. they've eaten me in training, but then when it comes to the race day, they just don't deliver. And I don't always think it's nerves. I think sometimes it is for some people, um, but for others, I feel like it's it's almost like they give themselves a, a get out and, you know, as long as you do all right, which mm. is kind of what we're saying, you know, enjoy mm. it and don't put yeah. yourself under that immense pressure. But yeah. also then sometimes you could be selling yourself short, can't you? Because yeah. y- you have to want it, I guess, and, and, yeah. and, and by putting those caveats in saying, oh, okay, as long as you get round, that's okay. That's not yeah. what you really feel because mm-hmm. you do so how do you deal with that as a sports psychologist with somebody that maybe well that I guess it's two questions. One, the nerves completely take over on race day. Yeah. And then the other thing is where the person sort of talks themselves out of delivering what we all know they can deliver.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so just, so obviously we have just spoken about it, but just to quickly touch on it, goal setting is key because if you don't come in, if you haven't set goals before a competition, you automatically feel unprepared, in my opinion. So yeah. no matter what happens on that day. So I, um, I started my work. Um, I joined, I started working with clients um, only four weeks before their nationals. So obviously it wasn't really like enough time to get some goals in, feel like they're prepared before they go to the competition. So I had a few who felt like maybe they, it wasn't, they didn't prepare as better as they could. So making sure you have those goals first key, having those goals in training, just cause then we can, uh, there are a lot of uncontrollable factors at competition yeah. that we can't yeah. control, but yeah. how prepared you are is the, is the most important thing that you have control of. Um, but yeah, um, that's just before competition. But On competition, having a pre-competition routine, just like you said, you have your, what you do before a competition, I think is key, especially if you're like, my least, I used to, when I skated, traveling to competitions was the worst part. Like two hour drive to, I don't know, Sheffield or something like that was uh, like too much time to think type thing. So having a pre-competition routine in in place. So like, okay, this is my, this is what I do. We're going to drive this at this time. And then I'm going to get to the rink. I'm going to get to the the track, I'm going to warm up for a bit, make sure I eat, put in time to eat. Um, because people, once they start getting the pre-competition, the, the competition day nerves, everything falls out of balance. And once we don't eat as well, yeah, your, your stomach is your second brain. So once you don't eat, your head can't be fully in the game um, because it's not given what it needs. You need a lot of fuel for competition day, like the, everything that comes with it um you need a lot of fuel so remembering to a pre-competition routine where you're saying okay I need to make sure having everything packed like having a list of what you need um to have with you so you don't forget anything just all these little variables that people don't necessarily you think about you're like yeah I need to pack my bag but how detrimental is it to your day when you forget one little thing
0: yeah
1: but see I mean that's the one thing these are things that you can control so pre-competition routine um including what I need to have packed Okay, car journey. Let's have a list of music or oh, like make a playlist. So, music. So, yeah, I mean, music is probably one, it was one of my favorite. Um, but, yeah, listening to having a set playlist or like watching certain films on the way or keeping your mind occupied is definitely key. Um, but, relaxation techniques on that day as well. So, we're talking, like you said before, visualization. So, using imagery, self talk. Um, goal setting for the day of the competition and that's not necessarily I need to get this score like okay yeah we can have those but I would like okay I would like to feel confident doing this element or I would like to making sure that when you set goals they're not just physically physical goals type thing yeah just because obviously if you're having an off day and you don't achieve those then I don't want you to have a list of goals that all of them that you didn't achieve but maybe feeling more relaxed in the warm-up would be like a, a goal per se, so remembering that they don't always need to be able to get this one. You can to do this, 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 this. Again, remembering to keep it fun. Um, I love the use of positive affirmations type cue cards. Yeah. So in obviously in training, like the weeks before competitions, I like to set homeworks of okay, I want ten point ten. I have positive affirmations or cues so that you can read to yourself. So. Um, that you can come back to at competition when you're in that warm-up or in between days, and you can be like, okay, this is at this point, obviously I know I'm not feeling that great, but these are things that I've written about myself. So let me read them, remind myself, and yeah, using having a cue card just like by the side of the track, just having a little like flashcard of little things to remind yourself, even technical things at that point if you'd like. But just any little motivational quotes that work for you. I don't like giving them out. I said it as homework, like tell me you come up with them for you like there's no point in me giving generic I'm yeah. great kind of thing like I need you to it needs to resonate with you um so yeah and a list of things to avoid I, I do like the idea of a list of things to avoid like I don't um although it's not knowing the um so <laughs> I don't know how to say this nicely but obviously parents in some sports um yeah can be overbearing yeah so on competition day, not saying to avoid your parents, but to avoid maybe a conversation with just you and your mum or just you and your dad just before you sca- just before you compete type thing. Yeah, yeah. Just keeping yourself surrounded with people who are going to have light, fun hearted conversations with you. Um, but com- my biggest thing, which I I really like pushing, is training under pressure. The best way to get rid of not to get rid of, but to improve competition day nerves, is to try and move some of what you experience in competition into your training because the only way to learn how to deal with it properly is the more exposure. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then you can see what works better for you. So like at the ice rink, we do, uh, these things called simulations. So it's literally that the kid, they come in, it's a fake competition day. Um, they come in in their, their outfits, they warm up like they would in a competition they skate like they would in a competition. Um, and you can add factors like having judges or having, um, a crowd or now even I think the like, biggest one for me I want to try and add in is filming because obviously a lot of things are live streamed and mm-hmm. I've had a few athletes say to me oh that's that that makes me a bit nervous to know that it's going to be live stream type thing so in like trying to integrate all of these different variables that only occur in a competition environment into practice will help you just because <clears throat> you can mimic it. it training under pressure allows athletes to mimic the emotions they experience in competition so then coping yeah. strategies can be established and practiced um but yeah using self-talk um in between competitions during even during like when you need to keep going when you feel like it's it is be all and end or you might collapse type thing especially in triathlon talking to yourself you can do this you've got this you've done it before just a few left to go making sure it's positive though like because we can do imagery and we can do self-talk but that's not I, it needs to be it needs to be geared to a positive in a positive direction like not self-talk oh you're rubbish you can't do it why are you so tired yeah it's yeah you can do it keep going and imagery needs to be like for skating when I ask my skaters to image to to visualize something I'm like are you visualizing yourself falling or are you landing it because yeah obviously it could be destructive or beneficial whichever way they take it so yeah that's I'd say yeah those are my top tip sorry I was a bit no really you've actually just it, yeah.
0: reminded me when i went and did the europeans and the Worlds. i did have something written on my hand a positive yeah. affirmation um and I, I won't say what it was but it was yeah. really um i'd forgotten i'd done that but yeah, yeah. That, i did do that and that really helped me because i looked at it i do remember looking at it just before the start of the race i didn't look yeah. at it during the race and one of the things i do with one of my athletes in particular um and she's a business coach so okay it it, and it this works really well with her that we do um so for triathlon although the distances are the same quite often all the courses are very different and they don't very often measure the swim so you know the swim and also it depends if you're if you get knocked and hit and pulled back or whatever so you can't really in open water compare the time so yeah yes people do say, Oh, I want a PB, but, um, realistic, that's not a a very good goal because you can't control it. So we do things like I want the transition to be clear and I want, you know, I want to make the transition smooth and get onto my bike without dropping the chain or something like that, but, but keeping it all positive. So when we set goals on the race for her, it's definitely like a negative split run or, um, i'm going to go out hard in the swim and it's things that she can control um which that does work really really well and yeah and i guess even in real life um i guess i probably do that anyway you know i i set goals for the day and then i i set goals like i assess every time i teach a class Mm -hmm. i i write the class before you know the class is always prepped yeah. Um, but I also review it afterwards yeah. and I review whether those movements worked well together, if yeah. I taught it as well as I could have done. And I can be quite self-critical. So yeah. I, I'm aware that probably in time gone by, I would always be like, no, that one exercise ruined it, you know, and go completely <laughs> yeah. over the top. But now I've, as I've got older and I've, I've learned that I can just think, OK, that one wasn't so good. Let's change that for the future. But um, I think you're right. I think it is important to assess, but assess in a positive and and know why you're assessing and not just Mm -hmm. to be critical, you know, and tell yourself that you're rubbish. And the other thing I've spoken about on the group before, and we do this with life coaching is, you know, like the chimp, um, the chimp telling you, yeah, you need to slow down. You're going to injure yourself, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's not necessarily about turning that chimp off. It's just yeah. about turning the volume down and the volume up of the exactly. other chimp and mm-hmm. the positive affirmations and the and the let's push it and see how far we can go. Because yeah. we're all capable of so much more than we think in all exactly. walks of life, mm-hmm. I think. And that's what's exciting about life.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I just think um, remembering to enjoy it yeah. it's something that people forget so quickly, and like at like I said to you, off uh, of our um, with COVID, obviously a lot of so many athletes and and even just for exercise, like everyone's been so stumped in a sense that's out of their control. But so many people are still so, I mean, and there's so many people are still so consumed with the idea that that they're so annoyed about that and focused on that when obviously these are uncontrollable factors, and I think obviously people you can choose to focus on uncontrollable factors this, that is completely up to you but life just like you said like with the goal setting like I'm talking about it in sport context you said you use it just in day-to-day like this is all transferable and I think people need to remember that like uncontrollable factors are just that you can you can spend your time uh thinking about them being annoyed about them but it's time that you don't get back and it it's not productive Oh, I totally agree yeah yeah it's not productive and I think focusing oh so, I'm not saying that we will touch wood we don't but if we go back into a lockdown another lockdown there are things that people can do but most people are so consumed by the idea of just being annoyed about it yeah which which just paralyzes them from doing anything productive um in all honesty it's an opportunity like we talked about off air, for some people to work on components that they wouldn't even like that wouldn't even have been things that they really thought about had lockdown not happened yeah so it's all about perspective life is all about perspective so just remembering that okay this happened there's a negative to it but there's also i can learn from this and move forward
0: i i touched on this once in a in a talk um mm-hmm. late last year that i used to be always the type of person that couldn't really enjoy the moment um, yeah. i was always looking for the next thing mm-hmm. and also I'd be so scared that something bad would be, would happen because I guess experiences in my life have, have led to that that I, mm-hmm. I was nervous about being and feeling happy um, and so I would say in the last two years that has massively changed but that Probably started way before that, you know. I started to work before that, but yeah. definitely with the lockdowns, uh, I like. I don't worry now about acknowledging and even saying to you, "I'm I'm happy." You know, mm-hmm. it, there's not a worry that something bad might happen because yeah. I'm happy, because it doesn't exactly. work like that, you know. But yeah. there was, I guess, you know, I I had I lost my dad when I was very young, and um, I think things that happen to you then influence you yeah. don't they but then you yeah. also you i think the lockdowns made me have time to think about it and think actually you didn't you didn't affect that you didn't control that and you being mm-hmm. happy didn't influence that so and it was it was a bit of a wake up call you know mm-hmm. and now i can just enjoy being just being and yeah. and i just enjoy you know, touching on my health and the fact that my body can do what what it does is, is amazing. amazing. And you know, when people yeah. are looking for, a, when they're wanting to like lose weight, tone up and things, it doesn't have to be a massive goal. It doesn't have to be that you want to climb Kilimanjaro. It can yeah. be just that you want to be able to live a fulfilled life and be able to walk down the road without limping or without, yeah. you know, pain. It, exactly. it could be that simple. Um, yeah. Your goal is so specific to you. But mm-hmm. but again, I think there is a lot of pressure out there that you should be, well, what is your goal? Oh, you're going to run a marathon yeah. this year. Or, you know, mm. it doesn't have to be that. It could just be that you just enjoy, enjoy moving, you yeah. know, and it could be enjoy that moving.
1: simple. Yeah, and enjoy moving for you. Like yeah. you said before, like, it's very easy to do things for other people and people please like I definitely... I I'm still a people pleaser but I'm definitely getting better at it it's something that I'm working on because I feel like it is a very hard thing to 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 get rid of in a sense but just realizing that at the end of the day no one's going to watch out for you like you that no one's going to have your back as much as you are obviously you have coaches and your parents everything's going everyone's going to be there but everyone's always got their own things going on and focusing on you keeping yourself a top priority and remembering that if you are doing your sport or whatever you're doing for someone else, go back, just have a look, be like, okay, why did I get into it? Maybe go back and watch some past, some old videos, if you have any, like, or watch some, some competitions in your sport to remind yourself why you want to do it. And just think to yourself, do I want to do it? And why answer those two questions and then set some goals. Yeah. Because if you, it's okay, if you feel like you're doing it for other people, because yeah, like I said, at some point, at one point, I felt like I wasn't necessarily skating for myself. So it's okay if that is the case, but it's just about what you do with it. You can keep going like that. But again, for you, it's not productive. It's not, if it's not making you happy, life is too short to to just to stay complacent, I guess. Like we're yeah. talking about it off air. Just do, especially in a time where, okay, lockdown happened. It was, it was a negative, but so many people started their own businesses, started doing things that they would never have even thought about had that not happened. So yeah. I mean everything it, everything happens for a reason I'm a firm believer in that oh me too me too yeah and I think like for me I just a bit off topic I actually had a car accident like two years ago that, that wasn't my fault but after that I saw a therapist um, and a counsellor because I had some PTSD from that and that I mean as much as I'm not grateful that it happened to me I'm grateful that I got to like I'd never seen a therapist or anything like that before so I think for my job and for what I do, being able to be on the other side of that and yeah. see how, how well it worked was obviously completely different ballpark, not sport. Uh,
0: I, I totally yeah. agree. I don't I don't I, I do believe some bigger thing out there gave me my illness and gave mm-hmm. me the the experiences that I had to go through to be a better person and better coach. And that is the honest truth. And I do I do <laughs> want him to realize or who is out there yeah. that I don't need any more lessons yeah, um, I'm good that that was enough. <laughs> yeah. but I do I, I I don't think I would have coped with the lockdowns I wouldn't have been mm. resilient and changed the business and yeah you know and I I wouldn't have been as happy um if I hadn't my brothers tell me that the miserable grumpy gene was taken out of my body when I had the operation and Mm -hmm. and maybe that's true you know because I was just a bit too well it's my way or the highway I was that you know and now I I can see things from from all angles and just a bit more open which actually then brings me to um, the next question is if you're working with an individual or you're working with a team is it is it different
1: how you would coach them with the sports psychology um yeah so like I said to you, like, you know honestly I, I haven't worked with teams yet but obviously I studied sports psychology and teams um, at uni and yes I would say with the team with teams there's the extra component I'm not saying that you don't uh in in a team situation the social cohesion often of- the track, the, the ice, the whatever it is needs to be there. So, when you're by yourself, individual sport is very much I need to know about me. I'm the only person that needs that I need to really focus on, type thing. There's no other variables like part of my performance. It's my performance, nobody else's. Whereas in a team, obviously, it is what as it says on the box there's other people who you have to depend on to do other things. And if you don't have that trust, that good friendship, I'm not gonna, I feel like people underestimate obviously you I'm not saying that the top football teams and rugby teams are all best friends but you need to have an element of yeah I trust you and you're someone that I care about um because if you don't have those two things then it's just it's not as productive as it could be I mean it might be it might you might still get the, the same results but just after it's taken a lot more time than it would do had you do um had you take had you um done social things outside of the sport like just going oh, like literally just like you would with your friends, going bowling yeah. games nights just things to enjoy each other's company get to know each other just because chemistry is you need to be able to work with people and and not even that the way you especially at elite level sport the way you present yourself like if you're on a team with someone and you and there's two people who obviously don't like each other like you can see it yeah like as much as I don't as much as it's not the best thing like um image no matter where you are, even whether athlete, celebrity, whatever you are, um, if you're in the public eye, you need to make sure that you're presenting. But the thing is, I don't, the thing is, I don't want to say presenting because I don't want you to fake it. I, in a team sport, you need to be doing things to enjoy each other's company and getting on with each other, so that you can, you look happy. This is, I think, a lot of athletes not that I know, but just I think it's very easy because elite sport is is not fun no uh, obviously no. It, 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 I can't lie and say that it is because it, it's not fun it no it's a job the hardest it's yeah. insane yeah and um and it's not even like a, a great paying job that's the key. no like you put in all this time and all this money yeah. and like sacrifice and it's not that great so remembering to enjoy it so even if you are in a team sport having those things and even individual sport as well obviously you need to make sure that you're enjoying practice having fun sessions even if you're a, a, like my solo skaters i just getting them on the ice to practice no 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 lessons or anything they just get on the ice and play around with music jump play with jumps like just just have fun yeah. trying to get people to do that because I think in a team sport you just have a lot more variables to consider um so it is a different dynamic and I, I'd be interested to work in team sport one day um definitely But I know it's... when um with swimming I
0: you know I'd always do my best on an individual mm-hmm. But when you had the relays, oh, hmm. always, always upped my game. Always, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. because you didn't want to let other people down, yeah. and they were your friends, you exactly. know. Um, and I, we've done that with triathlon as well. We've done some relays, mm-hmm. and and it is, it is brilliant. It is good fun, yeah. and you do nearly always up your game,
1: you know. Exactly when you when you like the people that you are yeah. performing with. But yeah. If you don't, then you're like. Mm -hmm. you might might do the same things, but it might be in spite of rather than yeah rather than to work with do you know what I mean yeah yeah Yeah, that's really interesting
0: actually you just touched on that about faking it you know I mean there is there is a little bit of um we we do as coaches encourage our athletes to just obviously you know do their ritual Mm -hmm. of their warm-up and everything but um you know when when we're in the pen for the triathlon before you get in the water, quite mm-hmm. often people will start talking, and they're mm. talking rubbish. A lot of them, yeah. you know, that they, they are trying psychology of of trying to put you off your stride, so yeah. to speak. And yeah. so, you know, I do encourage my athletes to stand tall there, and and mm-hmm. you know, if if it helps you interact, if you want to have a chat, but most of the time they're saying things like uh, the person might be saying. Oh, I haven't done much swim training. If you've done much swim training, or this course looks really yeah. long, you know, and it's just about nudging your competitor into mm-hmm. thinking, Oh my God, yeah, it does. It looks really long the course, you know, yeah. and they didn't mean it, or yeah. it might have come from a bad place, you don't know. Yeah. It, but yeah. So I personally encourage my athletes not really to to do much chatting, only to the people yeah. that they trust. And yeah. and you know just own it I don't mean yeah. fake it because you've got to believe in yourself but and mm-hmm. I don't think about strutting your stuff either but I think yeah. is that
1: something you would sort of agree with that yeah it, no definitely I do agree because I think once you get into the to the um like the of horrible culture of sport of, <laughs> yeah, um, of like doing things like that to people trying to trying to put them off their game it's just you're going down a rabbit hole to be honest you're just gonna yeah. go down a rabbit hole of becoming an athlete who has this name about them um because at the end of like like just like the all like everything I've said enjoying it is key so you doing that is 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 not you enjoying it that's you focusing on everyone else yeah um, and yeah. at the end of the day every, everyone does it all athletes all people we compare ourselves to people all day long and Everyone knows it's not productive. Like deep down, everybody knows when they're doing it, even when I'm doing it, scrolling through Instagram. It's not productive, but we do it regardless. But it's just, it's just the way you view it. So it's not, oh, they're better than me. Let me bring them down. Use it as motivation. Like it's all motivation. It can all motivate you, not in a malicious way, but just in a,
0: yeah, okay, they're doing this. I don't want. Yeah. yeah if someone's if someone's if i know that that someone is trying to get into my head then i mm-hmm. think i i do i just i play the game yeah. and um and then i use it as fuel and i like okay yeah. i'm gonna beat you
1: yeah well i think if yeah if you're gonna see it when you when people see it like that i think if you're gonna see it as someone's trying to get in my head why are they getting in your head because you're a potential threat if, if you were yeah. if they genuinely didn't believe that you had a chance they wouldn't talk to you yeah so i think yeah fake um carrying yourself like even if you are not at the level that you want to be or you're not having a great day posture head up yeah yeah carrying yourself like an, especially like uh, people you want to make it elite like it's definitely more of a it's not more of a, but you have to have the the way you present yourself you have to have the the confidence or appear confidence and you need to have a, a as much as I don't <laughs> like it you have to have a slight ego yeah to make it you have yeah. to no one has to believe you have to believe in yourself like nobody else does yeah that's yeah, the you
0: only do.
1: way you're going to make you it do. and, um, that's, the and that's not as saying be as well and, and yeah
0: yeah and i would agree with you that i think there isn't a day that goes by without a little negative thought that creeps in yeah. and it's usually when you've looked at social media and you oh, mm-hmm. should be doing that as well yeah. and that's i haven't got time because this is my to-do list and now i've just yeah. added another three things on But so it's it's keeping your focus on your own goal and Mm -hmm. your own motivation and your own worth, isn't it? And knowing why you're doing it and that you're you're doing all right, you know. Yeah. And 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 doing it at your pace.
1: Yeah, yeah. Being kind to yourself, doing it at your pace, and self care. Like we talked about a little bit, but yeah, self care is so important. I think a lot of a lot of especially athletes. Like if you are if sport is what you're pursuing. You do, I know you don't have a lot of time. Like, I understand, I completely understand that athletes yes. don't have a lot of time. Yes. But little things like just having a bath, like for, for a woman, like maybe doing a face mask, um, doing, I don't know, gaming, like anything that's distraction from your sport, yeah. something Certainly, you can escape. Because I know it's hard for like elite athletes to especially have like big social circles outside of their sport. Yeah. So just doing something to keep your mind occupied for a certain amount of time that's a, a, self-care or just yeah. binge watching something like that is my favorite type of self-care I'm yeah. Um, yeah but no just doing something like that allocating some time to taking care of yourself like a lot of my athletes think that rest is like a something you have to earn and I'm like no it's it's no. something you need it it's it's not yeah. like, I need to train this hard so I can do this it's I'm human to function I need to sleep and eat and yeah. then and then from there okay I'll rest and I'll do like having, but I know athletes, the thing is with athletes is that whether it be in any sport, I think um, just chilling for a long amount of time feels very unproductive to them. So that's why I'm like, just do something else. Like I do, I do um puzzles on an iPad it takes like an hour of my time and it's fun and it keeps me busy. And it, and I feel like, I don't know, a sense of accomplishment when I finish it. And I know that's something really small, but something like that, if you enjoy word searches, like anything like that, I think I think um, again. You've just struck a chord with me there that I can,
0: I the the determination that I have and the drive that I've had I have mm-hmm. has always come from my sport. And yeah. obviously, I'm still coaching, and I absolutely mm-hmm. love it. And now, I am working all hours. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I I guess the drive that I had as an athlete, which I'm still competing, but not to the same level, um, now I sort of transferred into the business and I am not very good at kicking back and switching off and resting. And and yeah, that's something I will be trying to work on, I think, because I can see that how I was. It's it's almost like if I put it back into sport in terms and competing and training, really all I'm doing is just an extra training session every day and it's not getting me anywhere Mm -hmm. Um, but it's also because I absolutely love it like yeah I could work if I didn't have to sleep I would work all the time I love it Um, Mm -hmm. and I think because it was nearly taken away yeah I'm loving it even more but yeah I also am aware that you can burn yourself
1: out yeah no definitely just just keeping in mind burnout like just knowing that if you Obviously, it's, you'll probably get away with it for a long amount of time, but eventually you will crash. Yeah. And then you'll, you won't understand why, and it will become... It'll be more of a problem if you crash, because it'll be like, why is this happening? And then you'll be angry about it. Whereas, if obviously, if we can avoid that and just putting in some self-care every now and then um, and just making sure that you get enough sleep is definitely... And, yeah, productive time. So it's all well and good, like, training for two hours. But is it, if it's two hours of no goals in the training session don't know what I'm doing yeah is it that that's not that's not productive time in my sense if we can drop it down to an hour of we do this 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 and then even if if you can do that then you can allocate time to be doing other things like I said training your sport in other sports you have time to then like or even if like I I want if you want to do some yoga at the end of it some flexibility training yeah you can be like okay well I was going to have two hours on on the, the pitch or the court or whatever it was but I'm not now, let me go and do something else. Or that could be time to put for self care. So I just, just making sure that your time is productive and obviously goal setting is the key.
0: That's the same with the online program. A lot of our yeah. classes are 20 minutes because yeah. we make them, it's... we provide options, mm. but we make them challenging. And, you know, I know that if I made them 45, 60 minutes people wouldn't mm. even start them. Exactly. But more often than not people do one 20 minute and then they do another 20 minute. Um, mm-hmm because they have got the time and also yeah. they're just feeling the endorphins and they're starting to feel good about it but yeah, um, yeah I think people would be put off if, if every class was 60 minutes would be like I just don't have the time for that or yeah or the fitness for it you know and yeah. and it is it is about just training smart um, yep. but it yep. is trying to convince people that that is the case you know because yep. there's still this mindset that you should go and you should be in the gym for an hour or you should be on that treadmill yeah. for an hour. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, well, just mindlessly sitting on a bike, reading a book isn't actually doing anything for you. So yeah. just do a 20 minute class and do it really well.
1: Exactly. fill out. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Just, yeah, I think it's very important for athletes, anyone okay. to just remember that. Just try and keep your time productive. If you catch yourself in the gym, just scrolling through your phone or just dilly dallying. Yeah. And if there's no equipment, that's fine. Do a circuit by yourself. Yeah. And do a quick 20 minute, half an hour circuit. You can go home. It's it. You get. I think, yeah, it just becomes very unproductive if we're doing lots of training, but we're not actually doing lots of training.
0: Yeah. I had a friend uh, who was a very good triathlete. I remember it a number of years ago. And she took two years off work to become an elite athlete and she completely messed up her body because she just trained she didn't know how to do the rest and the recovery and um her body's never been the same she's never actually competed the same and yeah it Mm -hmm. didn't and I think people also think that people that work in the fitness industry you've got it easy because you've got access to equipment or gyms or anything you still got to be motivated you still got to be driven you know and you've still got to know your why um and also if you're talking and doing fitness with other people all the time quite hard to do it on your own then Mm. you know so i think you have to be even more disciplined but but i do think people look at the olympics and go oh i want that life Mm. I I had a coach a number of years ago that was forty, and he still lived at home with his parents. You know, he mm-hmm. he, he was a top
1: athlete, but he hadn't made yeah. that much money, so There's he could afford his think, own house. You know, yeah, and that's why the extrinsic motivation is is just it's not it's not it's not yes. that great because it, I think if you're doing it for external factors like money, especially in England, I feel like unless you're I don't know if you're doing maybe football. Yeah, if you if you yeah, yeah. then do it. That's you're gonna get all the money. You just but there's a lot of competition. A lot. But yeah, I think yeah, there's a lot of competition. But I think being driven by by um, like, because someone said to me when I said what I started doing, they were like, "Oh, you can make so much money." And I'm like, "Yep, yeah, but that's not what I'm doing it for. I'm doing it because I, I want to help people. I wish I had a sports psychologist when I was an yeah. athlete, and I want to provide that for people now." Um. But I I think think you
0: can tell the athletes that are doing it for the money. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, even I was a studio fitness manager for a number of years and you could tell the instructors were there to do it just to get their, their money, you know, and the money's not good, but they literally would go in, do the job, go. Yeah. And then you could tell the ones that were not doing it for the money. Of course they've got bills to pay, you know, we've all got bills to pay, Yeah, but their drive was coming from something else, you know, and generally, I think you can tell the people that want to help people Um, and, and, and then
1: they make money anyway. Exactly. The money is a bonus. I'm not going to lie. I love my job. Like I, I haven't been doing it for long to be honest, but I love it. I love, I like helping people, even the little, the little wins are amazing. Like I, it just, I don't know. Every day is different. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so fun. And I think, and I think people are still... I, that's why like, I did like lockdown in the sense that it made people realise that there's more to life than yes. making money, but it also didn't... Obviously, not for everyone um, did that happen. Yeah, but that's I think
0: people definitely slowly exactly, that there are a yeah. number of people, you know, that I even I know, that have said yeah. during the lockdowns, oh, this has been." really hard but it's also really opened up my eyes and I don't want to yeah. go back to doing x y and z and they've yeah. just gone back and Straight I know up, it's yeah. not easy it's the hardest yeah. thing is to make change but if you really weren't happy yeah. and you needed a lockdown to have a break yeah you know then change it change, change it. it and time yes time. It, it you might not have the money you might not have the you might not be able to shop in the shops that you really like to shop in but you'll be you'll be On a day to day basis, happier. Yeah, and and that's what life is.
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's nice because lockdown mental health, like everyone just became, not that they weren't aware of it before, but it just became a more talked about thing. Yeah, and prioritising happiness, I think that's where a lot of people decided. You know what? I'm going to quit my nine to five job, and I'm going to start doing something that I want to do, or I'm just going to, I don't know, reduce my days or whatever it is you want to do. I'm going to go into early retirement, whatever it is. Yeah. I think people started to realize, okay, cool. I can't control this pandemic. I can't control anything about being stuck in my house, but I can control what I do, and that's yeah. what. The, just focusing on those controllable factors. There is a lot that's in your in your control. There's also a lot that's obviously not in your control. But time spent thinking about those, in my opinion, is wasted time. Wasted, yeah, totally wasted griffy. time. You don't get it back. So yeah, money you can get you get a lot easier. Like you can get, you can make more money than you had before. It's not a problem, but you can't take back the time that you spent Yeah, time,
0: you time. And I, and and I, you know, if, when people are struggling for a goal, when they're mm. looking, you know, to lose weight, whatever. Yeah. Just health, health and yep. well-being. There There is no yep. better goal because if you haven't got your house, exactly. you haven't got anything. Yeah. You know,
1: exactly.
0: you might have all the time, you might have money, but it, mm-hmm. it, you can't do anything. So yeah it is it's really important to look after your health this has been so interesting um it's been so good thank you so much fantastic thank you so much and what i will do is i will get this out um within the next hour then i'm actually going to take a break yes good (laughs) good i like doing that (laughs) and then um i'll post this and i'll send it to you as well and also if anybody is interested in um maybe i i would I'm going to put this out to see if my athletes would like us to do something with you, okay. you know, like a, an event. But also, yeah. I think, you know, maybe doing a retreat, uh, a well-being mind, body, soul type day would be really powerful to do. Um, yeah. But if anybody okay. also wanted some individual help from you, yeah. how do they contact you?
1: Um, you can drop me um, an email or you can call me. Do you want me to read it out now or should I put it? um yes. no are you happy for me to post it and yeah yeah you, should, yeah. you can post yeah. my number yeah, yeah. i just post my number or I'll send you my email as well yeah brilliant. Um, and people can contact me however is best for them fantastic fantastic yeah. thank you so much especially all on right, Sunday no for giving me your time
0: oh, really my pleasure.
1: It. thank you so much for having me it's been oh, great. my pleasure all right take care all right take care Bye. Bye.